This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Well, thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis. Thanks for joining us today for Messianic Vision. My guest was with us for the first time a couple of years ago, and he brought a a concept, a revelation that was new to me at that time, and, and maybe to a lot of you too. It was the revelation of the courts of heaven. It was one of the most impactful teachings, I, I must say, that I'd ever heard. He taught us how to operate in the courts of heaven. He taught us how to unlock our destinies in the courts of heaven. And today, he's here again to talk with us about something that affects all of us in one way or another, and that's receiving healing in the courts of heaven. Robert, welcome back to Messianic Vision. Thank you. It's such an honor to get to be here. Well, I wanted to start off just in case some of our listeners missed this revelation on the courts of heaven and ask you to tell us what you mean by that. And then specifically, why did you write this book? Well, the the courts of heaven, obviously it changed my life. That's why it's such an impacting message for me that I uh, have both uh, experienced and run around and teach <laughs> all over, <laughs> literally all over the world now. Yes. Um, but what happened was uh, we were we were we weren't seeing any breakthrough come into our life. I mean, even though I had been praying for years and years and years, all of a sudden it seemed like my prayers didn't work anymore. And at that point, God began to real reveal to me that the spirit realm is a legal dimension. Mm. And I began to see in Scripture that there was a place uh, called the court of heaven, like out of Daniel 7, verse 10, that the court was seated and the books were open. And then when you read that, you realize that the same uh, area or dimension that Daniel was experiencing is actually recorded, for instance, in Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter Mm 5, because the same activity is going on. And that literally we step into a spiritual dimension that the Bible calls a court. Yes. And so that began to change everything. And then the, the final like nail, if you will, in the in the idea in the in the concept was when I began to see that Jesus, when he taught on prayer in the book of Luke, he put prayer in three dimensions of approaching God as a father, as a friend, but mm-hmm. then in Luke eighteen he began to talk about approaching God as judge. Right. And, of course, when we come before a judge, we're stepping into a judicial system. Mm-hmm. And so we began to just understand all that, and I began to uh, get, gain ideas and and uh, wisdom concerning how to step into that realm sure. and to make a case before the courts mm-hmm. and uh, to see breakthroughs come. You know what? The terminology that you use, you you parallel this with the terminology that we use uh, with an actual court case, witnesses, adversary, uh, bringing petitions before, you know, that kind of thing. So I found that so fascinating. Uh, that, that just kind of opened my eyes. Robert, you and your wife, Mary, had been moving just full force into healing ministry really for, for several years. And, and then Mary had a dream. Tell me about that. Yes, we were. We were. I mean, we had 
It had been my passion for a long time to see the healing power of God made manifest. And so God began to break that open. And um, I mean, there's a history behind that and all that, but but he really began to use us in that realm. And we saw dynamic things happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And all of a sudden, my wife has a dream. And in the dream, God's voice speaks to her. There's a voice in the dream that says to her, if you do not pray for them correctly, they will die. Wow. And 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 she came and she said to me, she said, this is the dream I had. And she tells me those words. And quite honestly, it frustrated me because I was doing the best I knew how. Yes. And the truth was, we were seeing lots of healings and lots of miracles. But we also were seeing some people not healed. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we were seeing some very severe cases where they died. Mm. And so now God's telling me, you know, there's a, there's some secrets, there's some mysteries, and if you don't pray for them correctly, they're going to die. And for years and years and years, I didn't know what that meant. I I tried my best to understand it, to figure it out, but all of a sudden, when I began to discern and understand the courts of heaven, mm-hmm. that all came back to me, and that was actually years later. And I began to understand it's a it's a legal issue that the enemy has to hold people in sickness that will not let them be healed. And if we're going to get them healed, we have to know how to go before the courts of heaven, remove his legal rights so that everything Jesus died for them to have, they can have in reality and be made well. Right, right. You know, that's quite a lesson probably for a lot of us, uh, for me and for those that are listening, Robert. Uh, You know, you you didn't understand this dream, and you'd been doing your best, and you said it left you frustrated, but it also left you searching and looking for answers. I mean, you didn't stop what you were doing, but you were searching, 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 and then God gave you this revelation. What what a a wonderful example to all of us to um, to keep searching or to keep looking for those answers if there's something that we don't understand. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I believe that Jesus said, for instance, He said in John 16, He said, uh, "There's many things I have to tell you, but you can't bear them now." And so, I believe truth is progressive. In other words, God progressively brings revelation to us and. You know, we think it was such a long time between the period where Mary heard the heard the words, if you don't pray for them correctly, they'll die. And then many years later, maybe even 10 years later, I began to have the revelation of the courts of heaven. But immediately that dream came back. And I knew even though it had been maybe 10 years before, mm-hmm. I knew that there was something significant about this revelation that was connected to that that question uh, and the answer to that question mm-hmm. of how to pray for people correctly so that people that are supposed to be healed and need to be healed can be healed. Because, see, I, I always I believe then and I believe now that it's it's God's will to heal. Yes. That when yes. Jesus died on the cross, that he provided everything that was necessary for healing to be ours. He bore away our sicknesses and carried away our pains. And so I've always believed that people should be made well. And yet, I always tell people, I don't care what healing ministry you follow. They may talk about their great successes, but I said, I promise you, behind the scenes, uh, there are those failures, if you will, Mm -hmm. those people that didn't get healed. And I said, because I had it in my own life, and I've been around 
many of them, and most of them enough to know that that's true for them. And that's not that's not being derogatory or negative. That's just being real. Sure. Saying, okay, what is not allowing these people that Jesus actually died for them to be made well? What's actually resisting that healing from taking place? Mm-hmm. And when God began to unveil the courts of heaven, I began to see you know, some of the secrets, some of the mysteries that was connected to that. Yes. And you know what? You you were talking earlier about um, approaching God as a father, a friend, and a judge. And judge, of course, we see that. We see that scenario of the courtroom. And and there's there's a judge, which is great. We think of that God as our judge. That's awesome. But there's also an adversary. And I absolutely love the story that, that you relate about the uh, the unjust judge and the woman who persisted. Oh, yes. I mean, that, that, that word in Luke 18 where that Jesus, uh, he picks the subject of prayer back up, and he mm-hmm. says that he spoke a parable mm-hmm. that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. So he's about to give them reasons to keep praying, even when he doesn't seem like it's working. And he begins to tell about this widow coming before this unjust judge saying, avenge me of my adversary. And of course, that word adversary there is the Greek word antidikos, and it means one who brings a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So there was someone bringing a lawsuit or legal action against this woman, stopping her from having what was rightfully hers. And so she's appealing to this judge to render a verdict that would deal with that. And, of course, he wouldn't because he was an unjust judge. But through her persistent presentation of her case, the judge rendered a verdict in her behalf. And Jesus said, he said, he said uh, in Luke 18, verse 8, he said, hear what the unjust judge says, and shall not God avenge his own mm. who cry out to him day and night? Yes, I say he will avenge them speedily. So the whole point there is not Jesus saying that God is an unjust judge we have to convince. Right. He's saying, he's saying, if this, if this widow who had no power, who had no clout, who had no societal influence, nothing. If she, through persistent presentation of her case, could get a verdict from an unjust judge, how much more can we come before God, our righteous, mm. and see him avenge us of the adversary? Yes. Of course, what the, what the Lord started showing me out of that was that this, this adversary, the one who brings a lawsuit, actually had a case against the woman that had to be undone mm-hmm. so that she could get the break, mm-hmm. break, breakthrough she was looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as believers, you know, we're talking about legally, courtroom, the judge and everything. As believers, we're talking about healing today. That is rightfully ours, legally or rightfully ours, correct? Absolutely. You know, the one more thing I would say about that, First Peter 5, 8, See, this, this ties it all together, where Peter said, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. It's the same word, mm. the one who brings a lawsuit. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So, of course, sickness is a devourer. And so, for instance, he said he, he's the adversary. He's the one bringing the law, lawsuit. In other words, he is building a legal case against you that would give him the right to devour you. And so, so we have to know how – and Peter said be sober, be vigilant. In other words, we have to know how to undo that case so that we can get the breakthrough and the healing that's supposed to be ours because what you just said – 
Jesus, when he died on the cross, he legally set into place everything that was necessary for us to be healed. Yes. I mean, he said, he said he took away our sicknesses. That's what he says in, in Isaiah 53, 4, and he bore away our pains. And then it said, and by whose stripes we were healed. And so we, everything is set into place. But the enemy has have, has a case that would resist that on an individual basis. I like he would say, but I have a case against this person that says they can't legally have what Jesus paid for them to have. And so, but, and this is what Peter said. See, some people want to come and they want to say, well, now wait a minute, Robert. You know, when Jesus died, all that legal stuff was dealt with, and now it's all ours. And I tell people, I said, then somebody should have told Apostle Peter <laughs> because he said— be sober, be vigilant, because there's an adversary who's right. building a legal case against you that would give him the right to devour you. So Peter thought it was possible as a New Testament mm-hmm. believer that the enemy could still have a case to stop us from getting everything Jesus died for us to have. And that's what we do in the courts of heaven. Right. You know, do that case so that we can get the full benefits of everything Jesus paid for. Boy, amen to that. I just, <laughs> I have to say. So it is, I mean, I think it's vital that we we know and learn these things. Uh, it's vital to our walk as a believer so that we know legally, rightfully, this is ours according to the new covenant. Absolutely. Because see, so often... I believe we've read the Bible, read the Word, and we've looked and said, well, okay, that's ours, but then we can't seem to get it working in our life, and we've done everything that we've been told to do. we followed every formula. I mean, quite honestly, we we followed every one, two, three step, Mm -hmm. and we still don't see the breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Well, I have come to understand it's because usually, and I could say that with great boldness, usually it's something legal that's resisting us. That, that the enemy has something against us that he's using that is stopping us from getting the breakthrough and uh, that God has for us and everything Jesus actually paid for us yes. uh, on the cross. Yes. And so, so yeah, so it's it's a it's such an important thing to understand this. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some of those reasons and some of those things that he can be holding against us in just a couple of minutes. But um, tell me about your friend. He was a, a minister, I believe. His name was Ray, and uh, he had something that was wrong with him that was causing tremendous, tremendous pain. And you actually, you took this revelation. You you. You minister to him with it. Tell us about that story. Well, yeah, it was, I mean, Ray, Ray was on my, my pastoral staff whenever I led apostolic work in Texas and, and all that. And so he's been um, a, a, basically a son in the faith. He now lives in, in, the Col- in Colorado mm-hmm. and, and ministers there and that kind of thing. But all of a sudden, Ray was beset with what the doctors diagnosed as a tumor on his pituitary gland. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times people have those things and those no problems, but he was in absolute intense pain yes. uh, that, that he would, he would, uh, the pain would come every 10 minutes. They said you could mark it like a clock. The pain would come every 10 minutes with such intensity that the only way he could get any relief was to put like warm water in his mouth and gargle. Mm. And, and, and it would be some kind of relief, but then it would it would it would be like a wave. It would it would wane, but then here it would come again every ten minutes. So for literally like six weeks, he'd not been able to sleep. 
they tried to, they prayed, they prayed, mm-hmm. they prayed, they'd been to the doctor, they'd done everything. They, the, the, the medicine wasn't working. Uh, the doctors had given medicine. It was doing no good whatsoever. Um, and I can't even imagine, the, because it was like pain in the head area, and I yes. can't even imagine what he was going through. He couldn't get away from it. Yes. Uh, this in, immense, intense pain every 10 minutes rolling over over him, and he's just desperate. And I had actually already prayed for him once. Mm-hmm. He, he had called me on the phone, and mm-hmm. I prayed for him. And, you know, we felt kind of uh, something better. And, and uh, I was I was in Hawaii. My wife and I were in Hawaii at a, meet, a minister's meeting there. And my daughter called me, which is Ray's age. My daughter and he are about the same age, early 30s, early to mid-30s. And she called me, and she said, she said, Dad, she said, please, would you please call Ray? And I said, well, yeah, I will. So I called him from Hawaii. I, I, I can still see where I was sitting out in the foyer and all that. And so I called him, and um, and, and when he, he, he answered, he was very weak, very weak in his voice. And I said, hey, Ray, I said, how you doing? And he said, well, not very well. And I said, well, let me pray for you. And I had been praying and thinking about it. I said, look, there's something legal in the spirit is allowing this. And this is what I told him. I said, Ray, I said, you, you are African-American descent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your, your, your lineage goes back to Africa. I mean, that's, yeah, we know that. Right. And I said, in Africa, I said, at every city gate, there's altars that dedicate that city and the inhabitants of that city to a demonic god. And I said, Africans know how to go into the courts of heaven, if you will, and get their names off those altars so uh, that the demons don't have a right to claim them from the, from, the, from the covenant that was made with them in generations gone by. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, let's go before the courts and let's ask for, for anything your descendants did, any covenant they made with demon gods that would give them the legal right to claim you. Would you, let's just go before the Lord and ask for those covenants to be annulled by the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I just began to lead him through this prayer. He very weakly prayed it, and we went through it, and then he he began to feel a little better and all that kind of stuff, and we hung up. Okay, so so the next day I get a phone call from him. I mean, like, it would be uh, probably 12, 13 hours later, I get this phone call from him, and Ray is is jumping around and he said, I'm healed. I'm healed. I've been healed. And he begins to tell <laughs> the story. He said, I, 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 I hung up from you. He said, we went through the rest of the day. I, my, my wife went to bed that night. He said, I went into the living room because I couldn't sleep because every few minutes just would come back over me. And he said, I finally, he said, I said, Lord, please heal me. And he said, when he said it, all of a sudden, the next thing he, he, he realizes He's been he's been sleeping for six hours because the neighbor's truck mm-hmm. cranking up outside woke him up, and when he woke up from the neighbor's truck cranking to leave them leaving to work, he realized he'd been asleep for six hours, and he suddenly realized there was no more pain, there was there was no more you know the issues against him, and he was completely healed. He said he went into the bedroom, woke his wife up, and they began to rejoice because after six weeks of intense pain. It was all instantaneously gone, and 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 this is this is what he believes. He believes, and I do too, that when we dealt with the legal issue, the same prayers mm-hmm. 
that had been being prayed before that had not been having an effect mm-hmm. suddenly were allowed to have an effect because the legal right of the enemy to claim him and work against him had been broken. Yes, you know, and, and just to put that in a sentence, I, I read it this way that you had said, um, you, you went into the courts of heaven and you asked for the blood of the lamb to annul which is another legal term, these covenants and sought to remove and have them revoked every legal right that the enemy was tormenting him with. And, oh, wow, Robert, I'm, I'm just telling you, this is so exciting to me. I mean, it's, um, it, it is revelation. I think it's a new teaching that a lot of people, once they grasp it, they will look at prayer and asking and petitioning from God in a new way. Well, we're going to take a break real quick. You're listening to Messianic Vision with our very special guest today, Robert Henderson. God's word is clear that it is his will to heal, yet many believers pray and they don't receive. Why is that? We believe that the answer can be found in Robert Henderson's brand new book and three CD teaching series, Receiving Healing, from the courts of heaven. So Sid and I want to encourage you to be sure to get that very powerful resource today. Well, okay, here's something that you don't hear every day. When we come back, Robert Henderson is going to share with us how he was asked to be President Trump's running mate. Now, I know you're going to come back for that one. I have been praying for my healing for so long now. I don't know why God hasn't answered my prayers. I have been decreeing and declaring my healing Yet I feel as if my pleas for help are bouncing off the wall. I've tried shouting out the promises of God for my healing, and I've rebuked the devil at the top of my lungs, but I still haven't received that healing. Robert Henderson received a new download from the Lord on how you can receive that long-awaited healing. It's time to end the delay. Now Robert wants to share these brand new supernatural keys so that Satan cannot stop you any longer from receiving your healing. Call now and get Robert Henderson's brand new book and exclusive three-part audio CD teaching, Receiving Healing from the Courts of Heaven, Removing Hindrances that Delay or Deny Healing. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9531. When you learn to present your evidence in the courts of heaven, when you learn to bring your case before the very courts of heaven, then we can receive fully everything that Jesus died for. And in regards to healing, we can can see our bodies healed. We can see the dilemmas that are affecting our lives be removed. We can see the breakthrough that Jesus desperately wants us to have. Through Robert Henderson's brand new must-read book, you will identify hindering spirits, barriers, and legal rights that prevent healing. Learn four steps to break curses and strongholds that have given Satan destructive access to your health. Understand how to pray in a breakthrough dimension according to God's purposes. Find out how to deal with the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren, every time you experience his attacks. Discover how to legally unlock divine destiny over your life and even your nation. Through his exclusive three-part audio CD curriculum, you will hear revelatory teaching, receive breakthrough prayers, and special impartation to help you personally encounter the judge of heaven who wants to render healing on your behalf. Discover how to turn the legal processes of heaven against the accuser and gain your healing now. It's time to have your inheritance. This is ours. Jesus paid the price, and I'm not letting the devil delay or prevent a healing in my life, and I don't want to see the devil delay 
or prevent a healing in your life or a loved one's life. Don't miss out on getting Robert Henderson's brand new book and exclusive three-part audio CD teaching, Receiving Healing from the Courts of Heaven, Removing Hindrances that Delay or Deny Healing. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9531. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9531 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Well, before we went to break, I told you that Robert Henderson was asked to be President Trump's running mate. Robert, what in the world? Tell us about that. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's really significant the way you say that. <laughs> that came in a dream. That came in a dream. Um, I was uh, right after President Trump was elected last year, I had a dream that he came to me and asked me to be a part of his cabinet. I, I really understood in the spirit that God was saying, I want to give you a place in the spirit, in the in, in my counsel in regard to his cabinet and his administration and all that. And I take that very seriously. Mm -hmm. But then right after his inauguration, I mean, literally within a week of his inauguration, I had a second dream. And in the dream, President Trump came to me and asked me, would I be his running mate for the second term? <laughs> And when I woke up, I thought, well, why am I dreaming this? He's just beginning his first term. And the Lord said to me, he said, what I want to do through this administration will require two terms. And I need for you to run with him in the spirit to help shift things in the divine order so that not only will he be able to, to, to accomplish everything in this first term, but he will also be able to be reelected and, and have the full uh, uh, empowerment that is necessary for God's will to be done through him. Okay. Well, I'm sure everybody was wondering about that, but that is some powerful dreams to be called to intercede uh, on his behalf like that. So um, that is awesome. Okay, let's get back to receiving healing in the courts of heaven. What do you say is the greatest, the very greatest legal transaction? Well, I say that the work or when Jesus died on the cross, that was the greatest legal transaction of history because people may not see that or understand that, but the cross was a, was a legal transaction that, that because it says that he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And mm. the cross actually gave God the legal right to forgive us and heal us. And, um, uh, for instance, when Jesus hung there, he said, it is finished. Mm -hmm. Well, what he meant by that was every legal mandate is that, that is required is now met so that God has the legal right to be able to redeem all of creation back to himself. And so, so I, I look at it and understand it from that perspective. Um, and and that the cross was that legal transaction. Sure, and and even in the you teach in the book of Isaiah, you know, it lists these things that uh, that that was purchasing for us, that that was uh, enabling us to call legally and rightfully ours. That's right. That's that's exactly right. You know, in Isaiah fifty three in verse four, it says, 
you know, he cared away our sickness and bore away our pains. Um, I mean, that's what it really says in the Hebrew. I mean, it's, it, when you read it, it's, if you read it in most Bibles, it'll, it'll, out, you know, it'll be like, well, he, he cared away our griefs and bore away our sorrows. And that sounds like well, we're having a bad day and Jesus came to deliver us from a bad day. But those words actually mean uh, sicknesses and diseases and maladies and pains and all of that. So mm-hmm. what he's saying is that, is that when Jesus died on the cross, uh, he literally did everything legally that was necessary for sickness and disease to be removed so that now sickness and disease for the believer is an illegal thing. And so that we have a right to go before the courts of heaven and ask and 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 require, if you will, that everything Jesus died for me to have, that it becomes mine and that healing can flow into my life and into my body. Yes, yes. And, you know, earlier we were talking about some things that might uh, we were going to learn about some things that might block or uh, keep us from attaining what is is rightfully ours. And uh, tell me about forgiveness. Well, forgiveness is is huge because you know we're all, probably all familiar that Jesus said, "If you don't forgive, then you can't be forgiven." Mm-hmm. And so, if I if I purposefully or or I I hold unforgiveness towards someone, uh, then that gives the enemy, based on God's word. The legal right to to uh, hold me in unforgiveness, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, for for instance, I, I love what James chapter five says, where it says that we should call if we were sick, that we should call for the elders of the church, and they should pray the prayer of faith uh, over us, and 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 the sick would be healed. And if they have committed sin, it will be forgiven them. And so, what I felt like the Lord said to me: the same grace that brings healing is what brings forgiveness. And so, because it says that not only would I be healed, mm-hmm. but I would be forgiven. Yes. So that's because the same the same grace brings that brings healing also brings forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So if I choose not to forgive, I actually not only cut myself off from forgiveness, I also cut myself off from healing. Right, right. Now you had an actual living example of this in one of your services. Yes, yes. Um, um, I've actually had a, a, a few of them where, where we, when we dealt with unforgiveness, mm. people would be instantly healed. One, the, one of the most dynamic one was I was teaching on a on a Wednesday night, and I saw a lady come in the back of the church um, in a wheelchair, and we were on TV and at that time, and so we showed a lot of the healings, and so it wasn't uncommon for people to show up to be healed in our in our services. So when they pulled when they rolled her in, it was probably about fifteen minutes from being done, mm-hmm. I thought she's here to be healed. And and sure enough, as soon as we said Amen, they brought her down. They yes. brought her down front. And I looked at the lady and I said, I, you know, we introduced ourselves. And she was probably in her seventies and and um and she and I said, What's your condition? She said, I have a very severe back injury. I'm in this chair. I, I can I can't really get out of it. I'm not paralyzed or anything, but the pain is so intense that I have to be in the chair because I can't function otherwise. I said, Okay. And and so I said, Well, let me pray for you. Because I was kind of in a hurry because been there all day and whatever, so I laid my hand on top of her head, and when I began to pray, the moment I laid my hand on her head, the Lord said to me, "I'm going to do for her what I did for the man let down through the roof." Well, I knew that Jesus said, "Your sins are forgiven you," uh, and then He spoke healing, and so I thought, "Okay, there's something in this woman's life." That needs to be forgiven and needs to be dealt with because that's what's causing her mm-hmm. to be in this condition. So 
I, but I was in a hurry, so I thought if I <laughs> all of that, then we'll never, I'll, I'll never get out of here. I mean, that was just me thinking. And so I went in and just prayed for her, and I, and I and I grabbed her hands and I began to pull her up out of the chair. And as I did, she got about you know five or six inches up out of the chair, and she begins to scream in pain. And I let her back down, and I looked at her and I said, "Ma'am, I said." Is there anything in your life that you think might be displeasing to God? And without hesitation, she said, yes, there is. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, my husband, ex-husband, said 25 years ago left me and left me with five children to raise all by myself. And 25 years later, I'm still mad at him. And I looked at her and I said, well, ma'am, that's what he did was not right. right. And I said, there's no excuse for it. But I said, your bitterness, your anger, and your unforgiveness toward him is what has you in this chair. And I said, and if you will forgive him, Jesus will heal you. And I said, and now, now tears are streaming down her cheek. And I said, do you want to do this? And she said, yes. And so I let her in a very simple prayer of forgiving her ex-husband. I, I mean, maybe a minute or two. And then I laid my hand on her head. And I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And she stood straight up out of the chair. <laughs> and the last time I saw her, she was pushing the wheelchair out the back door of the church, completely healed. Because the moment she forgave him, the legal right of the enemy to deny her healing to her was revoked and removed. Yes, yes. Wow, <laughs> that's quite a story. And, uh, and, and I mean, that's huge. I mean, who of us haven't had some of that in our lives at times, but to know uh, to recognize it and what to do with it. I mean, that's why I feel like your teaching is so, so vital to our, you know, to our, our everyday lives. Talk to me a little bit about um, word curses. Is that something else that could be, um, that we could be bound legally by? Absolutely. I, I believe, I mean, even though, the, I mean, word curses can be things we've said over our own lives, um, which I don't know how much I address that actually, but but I find more and more that if people have been very negative about themselves, mm-hmm. that the enemy takes the words and says, and, and this is the way I understand it, that when words are spoken, when we speak them or someone else speaks, speaks mm-hmm. them over our life, especially those in authority in our life. I, I, I believe everybody's words can have effect, but I believe that if somebody has a realm of authority mm-hmm. in our lives, or they carry a realm of authority in the spirit, and they begin to speak against us. The enemy grabs hold of those words and uses them as evidence to build a case against us and says basically before the court of heaven, uh, even this person says this about them. And and so knowing how to go, according to Isaiah fifty four seventeen before the courts of heaven and remove those word curses – I believe is essential to getting people freed, and in this regards, even be able to receive healing. Yes, and now you actually teach. I mean, your teaching is very practical and very easy to understand. In this, um, you actually teach steps for for this type of thing for undoing words that might be working against us. Yes, yes, I, I teach that that there's there's about four steps that we can apply in undoing a word curses. The first one is to repent. For any place that we ourselves have spoken evil of somebody mm-hmm. else, and because it's, it's, it's difficult for us to ask for forgiveness or ask that we be released from word curses when we're guilty of the same thing, and so I just say we go before the Lord and we say any place 
that we have been that we've spoken evil of anyone else, we repent of that. Yes, and ask. Ask for the Lord to forgive us, and of course, we may not remember every place, mm-hmm. uh, but 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 we just say, Lord, we just we humbly come and ask for you to cleanse us by your blood and to you know cause us to to have a different heart and and that, like David said, put a muzzle on my mouth so that I I speak right words, um, and so that's the first one. The second thing um, is ask that that any uh, damage that's been done uh, by my words uh, be undone. Mm-hmm. And 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 ask that 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 the, those effects be be rendered, you know, um, uh, you know, so that it will be be caused not to happen anymore, or, yes. or to be powerless, if you will. Um, um, the other thing is that we ask uh, for these words to be annulled, because if those words are hanging in the spirit world, the enemy can grab those words and it can actually say, okay, I have evidence that I can use to go to case against this person. And so we, I ask for the words to be annulled. I say, Lord, and this is literally, I literally use legal language. Okay. I, when I say, Lord, I ask that these words be stricken from the record in in your courts. Ooh. That you would you would let these words be stricken from the record so that they no longer exist there, and the enemy lo- no longer has a right to use these words against me or against somebody else. And began to ask for those words to be annulled and those words to be stricken so that they're no mm-hmm. longer in place there. Mm-hmm. The fourth thing is is that I ask for all this written in the books of heaven uh, to be able to speak in my behalf. Mm-hmm. Because all of us have a book in heaven, according to Psalms 139.16, that contains our destiny, contains our future, contains our life, how long we're supposed to live, mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do in that time. And so I say, Lord, let all this written in your books, let that be what speaks before you and not the negativity of somebody else has spoken over me. Yes, yes. My goodness, that's good teaching. You know what? I love good teaching. I like uh, to, to hear Revelation. But I, for one, I don't know if you're like me, but I love a good example. You know, teach me something, but give me a good example so I can really, really grab hold of it. And you actually even have an example for this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I was down in San Antonio. I remember this one. I was down in San Antonio, Texas, uh, ministering in a healing service for a friend of mine that has a, a good church there. And uh, and there were some people that had come in that needed healing and that kind of thing. And I remember there was this woman that had a very severe breathing problem that she just gasped uh, for breath. I mean, it was like emphysema. Uh, 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 COPD, all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. where, where the, there was great restriction upon her breathing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could hear her breathing. I mean, uh, as she just stood there, just just normally without any kind of exertion. And so I began to pray for her. And as I was praying for her, her lungs began to open up, and they got. It was like she said. She, I, I would ask her. I say, "How far down are your lungs open now?" Because she was visibly able to breathe better. And yes. she, she said about maybe like three quarters of the way down. And and so it didn't matter what I prayed, though. I just prayed and I prayed. I kept trying, trying to, you know, get her lungs completely open so that she could breathe without without problems and without restrictions, but nothing was moving. And the pastor of the church there is actually a prophet. And he suddenly looked at me and he said, God just spoke to me about her. And I, and I said, okay. He said, he looked, I said, well, ask her. And so he asked me, he said, has there ever been a place in your life where you made this statement, I wish I were dead. Mm. And the woman looked at him and said, yes, I have. He said, you made a covenant with death, and you need to repent for those words 
and ask for those words to be annulled because those words are giving the enemy a legal right to be able to hold you in this sickness because you made a covenant with death when you spoke those words. Mm. And so we led her through a prayer, and she repented, and I laid my hands on her, and her lungs completely opened up. And she began to run around that (laughs) facility completely free, breathing free for the first time in years. But it was all because we dealt with the word curses that she had spoken over her own life inadvertently by making that kind of a statement. Wow, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You know, we're going to go to a break. Um, You're listening to Messianic Vision, and, of course, our our great guest today is Robert Henderson. We're making available to you Robert's brand-new book and the three-CD teaching series, Receiving Healing from the Courts of Heaven. Robert tells us that the judge of heaven wants to grant healing, and you can bring your prayers into his courts today. So right after this break, Robert is going to teach us the how to to present a case for healing in the courts of heaven. Stay with us. I have been praying for my healing for so long now. I don't know why God hasn't answered my prayers. I have been decreeing and declaring my healing, yet I feel as if my pleas for help are bouncing off the wall. I've tried shouting out the promises of God for my healing, and I've rebuked the devil at the top of my lungs, but I still haven't received that healing. Robert Henderson received a new download from the Lord on how you can receive that long-awaited healing. It's time to end the delay. Now Robert wants to share these brand new supernatural keys so that Satan cannot stop you any longer from receiving your healing. Call now and get Robert Henderson's brand new book and exclusive three-part audio CD teaching, Receiving Healing from the Courts of Heaven, Removing Hindrances that Delay or Deny Healing. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9531. When you learn to present your evidence in the courts of heaven, when you learn to bring your case before the very courts of heaven, then we can receive fully everything that Jesus died for. And in regards to healing, we can can see our bodies healed. We can see the dilemmas that are affecting our lives be removed. We can see the breakthrough that Jesus desperately wants us to have. Through Robert Henderson's brand new must-read book, you will identify hindering spirits, barriers, and legal rights that prevent healing. Learn four steps to break curses and strongholds that have given Satan destructive access to your health. Understand how to pray in a breakthrough dimension according to God's purposes. Find out how to deal with the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren, every time you experience his attacks. Discover how to legally unlock divine destiny over your life and even your nation. Through his exclusive three-part audio CD curriculum, you will hear revelatory teaching, receive breakthrough prayers, and special impartation to help you personally encounter the judge of heaven who wants to render healing on your behalf. Discover how to turn the legal processes of heaven against the accuser and gain your healing now. It's time to have your inheritance. This is ours. Jesus paid the price, and I'm not letting the devil delay or prevent a healing in my life, and I don't want to see the devil delay or prevent a healing in your life or a loved one's life. Don't miss out on getting Robert Henderson's brand new book and exclusive three-part audio CD teaching, Receiving Healing from the Courts of Heaven, Removing Hindrances that Delay or Deny Healing. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9531. 
Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9531 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. This is Donna Chavis, and you're listening to Messianic Vision. Thank you for joining us today. We are back with our guest today, Robert Henderson. And Robert, you know, honestly, sickness uh, affects everybody in one way or another. If, if not ourselves, we all have people that, loved ones, friends, coworkers, that, that in our lives that are affected by this. So this teaching, I feel like, is so, so important for us. And there's a statement that you say that I feel like is so powerful. Don't tolerate sickness. You use the word tolerate. Yes, you know, uh, when where this revelation came from, or this, you know, impression, a strong impression, was was me teaching in our healing services that we would have, and I would feel in the atmosphere this tolerance of sickness, mm. and I realized that that it was um it, it was birthing in the people this very lackadaisical attitude. Mm-hmm. So the Lord actually spoke to me, and this is what I told them. I said, faith is not a quiet believing, it's a violent pursuit. And and God gave that to me as a definition that so often we shift into a passive mindset that just allows sickness to stay in place. But if we can see faith as a violent pursuit in the sense that in our spirit we refuse, we refuse to let be connected to us what Jesus died to deliver us yes. from. And that, and that we, with aggression in the spirit, say, say, I refuse to allow sickness or anything else, for that matter, to dominate my life on any level. I want to be free from it and completely delivered. Yes. And you know what? Just like God gave you this revelation of, um, of the courts of heaven, I, I, I really believe in my spirit that it is a revelation. It's not, it's not just an understanding, and it's not just knowledge, but, but it truly is a revelation. Would you pray for the people that are listening? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I just say to those that are listening, if, if, if you feel like you, you've come to the place where you've had to deal with sickness for so long, uh, like, like in the Bible, uh, the woman that was bent over for 18 years, or the woman that had the issue of blood for all those years, or the man that was afflicted for 38 years by the pool of Bethesda, those, those long periods of time can create in us this, this, this passivity. Mm-hmm. And I just want to pray right now that the anointing and the revelation of the Spirit of God erupts, I say, in your heart that causes you to realize that it doesn't matter how long you've been in a condition that Jesus died for you to be freed from that condition, that literally his sacrifice on the cross, what he did for us is something that today, no matter our history today, I say that, that there is revelation that comes into your spirit that creates a, a, uh, aggressive, an aggressiveness that will just reach out and grab hold of that which is rightfully yours in the Lord. And I pray that the revelation of that will begin to penetrate your heart, that you will begin to see and understand all that Jesus died for you to have, and that you will go before the courts of heaven, and that, that even as you do, that everything will be set into order, and every thing that Jesus paid for you to have, 
by his death and his burial and his resurrection, it shall be yours. And healing, I declare, healing shall now come to your body, and you shall be freed and liberated from the pain and from that which is sought to hold you. I let you go now in the name of Jesus and call you into this place of wholeness and wellness. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Robert, talk to us a little bit about legal versus illegal in uh, in the uh, the sense that you're talking about. Yes. You know, I, I've heard my whole life that, you know, the devil is a thief and a robber, and he is. Right. But as I began to understand the courts, and especially when I started talking about being healed from the courts of heaven, I suddenly realized that the Bible also tells us that the devil is legal in nature. In other words, when the Bible says, for instance, he is the adversary or the antidecos, it means one who brings a lawsuit. That's a legal position. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it calls him the accuser of the brethren in Revelation 12, verse 10, that's the Greek word kategoros, and that means a complainant at law or in a judicial system. That's also a legal position. So all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, the devil has a legal position in the spirit realm. Um, and so so sometimes he's operating from that legal place. And if he's operating from that legal place, then I can try – I can pray for people, and I can release the anointing, and I can encourage faith. But if the enemy has a legal case to hold them in that sickness, they're not going to get well. And so I have to go know how to go before the courts and begin to help them undo the legal case that is against them. And a really good picture of this is in Luke chapter 13, and I think around verse 10, where that the woman who was bent over for 18 years, when Jesus sees her, he says this. He says, woman, you are loosed. And that is the Greek word apoluo, loose from your infirmity. And that word apoluo means to cancel a debt, mm-hmm. do a contract, even to give a divorce. So it's legal action. Yes. So when Jesus said you're loosed, he, he by his words, set legal things in place. And then the Bible says that he reached his hand out and touched her. And so he didn't release the anointing to heal her until he first dealt with the legal issue that was allowing her to be sick in the first place. Mm-hmm. And because I believe, because I have prayed for so many people so many times, where I have visibly watched the anointing touch them, but them still be sick when it's all said and done. And I thought, why is this? Because if you don't deal with the legal issue, mm-hmm. devil, that he's using, then it denies the anointing the right to have its effect. Mm-hmm. And so once you get the legal issue dealt with, which Jesus did in that situation, now his touch or his anointing is free to mm-hmm. have the effect mm-hmm. God intended for it to have, and people get well. And so that's the legal position. But then, saying, having said all that, he's also the thief and the robber. So he's, a, he's also illegal. So sometimes it's not a legal issue that's holding people in sickness. Sometimes they just need the bullying of the devil to be broken, uh, him trying to do things that he doesn't have a legal right to do. And at, at that point, all we do is rebuke him. We release the anointing. We stay mm-hmm. in faith, and we break his powers, and we move on. But if there's something legal resisting, them, then you have to deal with that issue. Sure, 
Sure. You know what? I always picture in my head when you're talking about these, when we're we're entering the courts and there's the legal and the illegal and and we're going before the judge. And when all the when we make our case and as you've said, when we have things annulled, revoked, removed, all these things, and then the judge rules and there's this big gavel that comes down on the desk and it just, you know, once that gavel comes down, the decision has been made and we're free and we're, it's done, it's settled and nobody comes back. You know, the adversary doesn't come back at that point and go, but wait a minute, I've got something else. You know, that's settled and I love that picture that, that you paint of the judge ruling and, and making that decision, and then that decision is final. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once, once the judge renders a verdict it, and, and, and a decision in our behalf, it is, for, it is, it is established, and, uh, and the enemy has no recourse. Uh, you know, even as, it's quite interesting, those that represented God uh, in, in what was called the bait den um, in Jewish culture, in every synagogue, there was a bait den or a house of government that was made up of three judges and seven lesser judges, so ten. Well, the truth was, when those judges made a decision, that that decision, there was no place to appeal it. It, it was final. And if God says that's true in a natural court that represents him, yes. how much more before his own throne that when he renders a judgment, when he renders a decision, mm-hmm. it's final and all things are set into place according to what to that which he has said. Amen. Robert, now before we went to break, we said, you know, to the folks listening that you are gonna talk to us about how to present our evidence for healing in the in the courts of heaven. Yes, amen. You know, the first thing that I teach that, that I think is very important is that when we come before the courts of heaven, when we when we by faith just step into that realm uh, and just say, Lord, I'm just by faith standing here because because I know that, that this is a dimension that exists, and you give me access by the blood. So I'm coming just to stand before you. I always do this. I say, Lord, the first thing I'm doing, I'm presenting to you what Jesus has done for me. Mm-hmm. In other words, when Jesus died on the cross, he accomplished legally and set in place legally all sorts of things in my behalf. And so I just come and I say, Lord, I just want to say before the courts that I'm standing here because of who Jesus is and what he has done. Um, that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that says I have a right to stand here because you have given me that right. And even as I stand here, Lord, I'm saying in regards to healing that 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 you carried away sickness and you bore away pain. So I'm calling you know, the court. I'm calling before this court. I am saying before this court, remember that when Jesus died, he carried sickness away. And he bore away our pain. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm presenting that. And I'm saying on the basis of what Jesus has done, I'm asking for, for healing to come into my life. And so that's, that's the first thing. And I really just say before the Lord and emphasize before the Lord and before the courts everything that Jesus has done for us on mm-hmm. the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second thing I do is I say, and Lord, this is what's written in my book. I mean, any awareness I have of my prophetic destiny— and then, for instance, in regards to healing, I say, Lord, you wrote in my book, in my life, for instance, I know that it is written that I am the disciple nations, because the Lord said that to me very, very clearly. So I say, Lord, you said I was the disciple nations. Lord, I need a, a, a strong, whole, healthy body to be able to do this. I cannot disciple nations. I cannot travel the way I need to do. 
to, to to I cannot do the other things that are connected to this mandate from you. Lord, I need help in my body. And so, Lord, I'm asking before you that that all sickness and disease would be judged as illegal in me and that and that uh, there's divine health that comes into my life so I can fulfill what was written in the books of heaven about me. Mm. And I began to present my case before the Lord based on that, because Daniel 7.10 says the court was seated and the books were open. And so I began to present before the Lord my case based on what's written in my books. And then the third thing that I do, which I think is very, very significant, is I present my case based on the promise of God's Word. Um, I'll give you an illustration of this uh, in regards to healing. Someone called me and said, would you please pray for this person, a pretty high-profile person in the body of Christ? Mm -hmm. And so I did, like a lot of people, I said, Lord, I just asked that you would heal them because they were sick. I asked that you would heal them, and and I was going to pray this very nice, polite prayer to fulfill the promise I had made the people that asked me to. And the moment I did it, the Lord said to me, he said, bring their case to me based on their care of the poor. And I suddenly was reminded of Psalms 41, verses 1 through 3, which says that when you consider the poor and take care of the poor, that God will sustain you upon your sickbed. And so I said to the Lord, I said, all of a sudden now I become serious about it. And I said, Lord, I'm bringing this person before you, and I'm presenting their case before you on this on this basis, that they have cared for the poor. And according to Psalms 41, verses 1 through 3, you said that if we would care for the poor, that you would sustain us upon our sickbed. And I am praying and asking for healing for this person because of the promise of your word that they have cared for the poor, and therefore mm-hmm. healing flows into their body. And when I did that, Within, the, within a little less than two hours, I got a phone call saying they were completely healed. Now, I know there were many other people praying, I'm sure, but I knew God told me to present their case based on the promise of God's Word. Yes. Wow. That is, that is really good. And I just want everybody to know, I know this, this is a lot, this is a lot of great teaching and instruction, but this is only just a small amount compared to what you teach us in your brand new book, Robert. So we really, really appreciate that. And you know, what? something, you know, we were talking about phrases and terminology of the, of, in the courts, you know, in, in, uh, legal courts. And you talk about a cloud of witnesses. And you told me, we were talking before we got together uh, to plan the show, that you've actually had some encounters with the cloud of witnesses. Tell me about that. Oh, you know, it, they have been very impacting. Um, I've had both, you know, what I would call visions, you know, just when I'm awake, if you will. But then I've also had some very significant dreams. Uh, the first, the first dream that I looked back, I didn't. In, by the way, this first one, I didn't really realize that what was that was what was happening. I thought it represented something, mm-hmm. but but the, when I was first moving into the healing realm, I had a a dream that I was sitting at breakfast with Smith Wigglesworth, no. and he was he was conversing with me, and we were talking. And this this was the whole dream, and I remember thinking in the dream, I was aware in the dream, I was having the dream. But I remember thinking, I'm going to have him pray for me before I wake up. Mm-hmm. But the dream, but I woke up and the dream ended before that could happen. And I was sharing this with a very good friend of mine who's a very strong prophetic person not too long ago. And they said to me, they said, oh, that's significant. He said, breakfast speaks of breaking the fast. Mm, yes. And, and he said, you were probably 
in a period where there had not been a whole lot of supernatural happen, but you were being told that you were about to come out of that. The, the fast of, of powerlessness was being broken, and you were moving into a new season. I said, that's exactly right. I said, that's when we began to move so strongly in the healing realm because it was about – it had something to do with this encounter with Smith Wigglesworth because, see, I carry a very similar – Anointing of this of this aggressiveness, if you will, mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. this thing that says we will not tolerate sickness and disease the same way that Smith Wigglesworth, uh, I understand, so often did. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of my first encounters. And then I've encountered Ruth Eflin um, uh, not too long ago, where she came to me in a dream, and she began to speak to me and tell me some things that uh, were, were were coming, and 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 actually prophesying over my life and declaring that it was my turn. And so, <laughs> and then there's been other ones. I mean, yeah. I've had a sense, like I've been in meetings and I will have an awareness that, that, that number one, the cloud of witnesses are there. And sometimes I will have an awareness of some individuals that are there in the cloud of witnesses yes. uh, that are there in those services. And um, the, the interesting thing about the woman, Ruth Heflin, was I was basically told in the in the dream that the cloud of witnesses they 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 had an affinity for me and they liked me <laughs> and and they were and they were drawn to me. We like you too, I, Robert. <laughs> well, I jokingly told people I said I may not have many friends on the earth, but I used to have some in heaven. <laughs> so, That's awesome. The interesting thing about the cloud of witnesses is the word witness. It means those who give judicial testimony. Mm-hmm. That I believe they are standing and interceding uh, in our behalf before the throne of heaven, causing heaven to remember us. That, so, so that we are remembered before heaven mm-hmm. so that the purposes of God can be done in and through our lives. My goodness. Well, I think that's probably a pretty good place for us to end this program. I would just love for you to pray one more time for those that are listening. And I mean, just the the knowledge that we are surrounded with a cloud of witnesses and you and me and all of us here at Messianic Vision, I would just like to bind together and just pray for those that are listening to us today, Robert. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, it's my it's my privilege and my honor just to do that. And so, Lord, even as we're just here before you, I thank you for all those that are listening. And I want to thank you that there would be a revelation to us of all this working in our behalf before you, that we have a right to come before you because of the blood of Jesus and all that you have done for us. But there are many other things that are happening, even in the realms of the Spirit, and among them is the cloud of witnesses that is moving and speaking in our behalf. And I thank you because of their voices before you that even we are remembered before you for your purposes to be done even in us and through us because they without us cannot be made perfect, that that their passion is for your will to be done in the earth. Lord, so that so that everything that is to be accomplished can be done and they can they can enter fully into all the rewards and everything, Lord, that they gave their life for. So, Lord, we just want to be the same ones that could come in, in agreement with the way they laid their lives down. We would lay our lives down, Lord, so that we could be joined and connected together for your will to be done in the earth. I also pray for all those that are sick and diseased. I ask for healing yes. to flow into their bodies. I pray that every curse that's working against them, that is taking opportunity by legal issues 
in, connected to their lives in any way, even into the bloodlines. I ask for your blood to speak for them, for those legal cases to be revoked and removed, and for healing to flow. Lord, I even sense there are those that are battling sicknesses that have been in their bloodlines for generations, Lord, that have actually caused not only people to be hurt and harassed, but even for them to die prematurely. I want to break that curses off of them, Lord, so that there is the promise of long and satisfying life that is established, and that the blood of Jesus speaks in our behalf, and healing, everything Jesus died for us to have, flows into their lives, I pray in Jesus' name. And that the generational issues against them and their bloodline are revoked and removed. Thank you for it, Lord. And they they can live in the full health that you've ordained for them. Thank you so much for it, Lord. We honor you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Robert, thank you so much for being with us today. You've been listening to Messianic Vision. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Robert Henderson's brand new book and three CD teaching series, Receiving Healing from the Courts of Heaven. Sid? Robert Henderson says there are actually courts in heaven. He says you can legally remove cases against you that are trying to delay or deny your healing. This is the real cause of most of your physical problems. Are you ready for a verdict in your favor about your healing? So be sure to get Robert Henderson's brand new book and three CD teaching series, Receiving Healing from the Courts of Heaven, for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9531. Once again, that's offer number 9531.